everyone, this is Grace. Hi, my name is Graciela Fusaro and I'm a PhD student in information studies. I also have experience in higher education teaching business-related subjects in the undergraduate and graduate settings. Hello, I'm Kwan, currently a full-time student in Adolfi. I was an elementary school teacher before. Welcome to our podcast. This episode is called You Have a Notification from Social Media. Every day we got many notifications from social media, whether it's the political news or the friend message. How about getting a message on Facebook from a classmate? And how about a professor sharing the learning resources with you on Twitter? So today, we're going to deep dive into the education and social media. Let's get started with the social media and formal and informal learning. So who wants to talk it first? Okay, great. So I would like to start this podcast by discussing some ideas presented by Christine Greenhow and Kathleen in the paper Social Media and Education, Reconceptualizing the Boundaries of Formal and Informal Learning, published in June 2015. So in this really interesting paper, the authors discussed an interesting framework of how social media can positively affect formal and informal education. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but before we discuss each situation, let's first comment on some research about how learning evolved after the internet. So Another author, Shaolin, discussed it in 2011 in his social media and education paper, the community aspect of social digital network and how it places learning as co-producers of knowledge. In that sense, learning can be maximized by increasing the opportunity to create new connections. Previous research on the subject also indicates that integrating social media such as Facebook and others in education settings can foster new ways of discussing and collaborating with positive cognitive and social impacts. This point of view is actually very aligned with social constructivism and connectivism concepts. Social constructivism places learning in the concept of circumstances where individual is acquiring knowledge. Social media participation, imagine like Facebook, group chats and uh, affinity groups, they actually allow for learning to occur in a social culture context where knowledge is accessible and co-constructed. I keep wondering, Kwan, I would like to hear, I'm curious, I know you're from Taiwan and you taught there before, how is your common for students in Taiwan to co-create and share knowledge in an educational setting? Actually, I didn't have this experience while I was teaching. Maybe it's more higher education, not in K-12 education. Yeah, got it. That makes sense. That's maybe more for younger adults. But this conversation actually reminds me of a TED talk that was done by Gualton Ketropro in 2017, named The Wheel of Modern Education. He talks about the power of finding your tribe and developing emotional experience. He called it deep emotional experiences for education. He actually talks about the importance of finding a sense of community for education to happen. Find like-minded individuals, finding your tribe. And social media, if you think, is a powerful tool for people to find their own tribes. Let's listen briefly to a short passage of his talk. We are social animals. We are naturally inclined to connect with people who are like us, similar values, similar interests, similar belief system, right? And we thrive in that environment. 
right? That's, that's, the, that's where you share the latest practices. That's where you learn and uh, you teach each other. You learn and grow with each other together as a tribe. That was interesting. Um, so Grace. Yeah, you know, I really like the interest-driven education that he mentioned, which I think is a great uh, motivation for learning. And social media provides an opportunity for people with the similar interest to connect. And just like the Atoms Connected Learning, which we uh, learned at the beginning of this course, the example of Maria, who liked the wrestling, was given the opportunity to write the article, write the paper, um, in an online community, the online wrestling community, and was encouraged by the community members and her teacher to develop her creative writing skills. So I think a lot of time, for many time, it is not that we we don't like learning, we we don't want to learn. We just didn't find the entry point that we are that we are interested in and want to explore. Absolutely, absolutely agree. But on the other hand, there's also the other side of the coin, right? Yeah. There's people that are against leveraging social media for learning. So maybe let's listen to some of their point of view. I partially agree with your points because I often consider social media as a socializing platform. I always watch fun videos or memes on Facebook. So as a student, it is a little bit hard to switch that concept to use it for academic purpose. I have another question that if I ask students to do assignment on Facebook, maybe they will easily get distracted by some other interesting pages. I think multitasking is not good for students. However, on the other hand, Facebook is definitely a good tool to let students communicate with other peers. So compared to writing emails, Facebook is relatively convenient and faster. I have this experience when I was in college. My professor created a group for us. We share course-related information and discuss it. In this way, I can more understand about the topic and deepen the memory by frequently discussing it with my classmates. The professor always gave us meaningful feedback, which made the class more engaging. Yeah, I understand. I understand your point of view. I understand that multitasking might be really difficult for some students that might have maybe a harder time focused on the task at hand. Yeah, that's right. In other reading, social media and education, it indicates that the benefit of appropriating social media were substantial. It supported the development of 21st century skills including collaboration, creativity, and communication. Social media effectively enables students to become more autonomous and develop metacognition. It facilitated new approach to supporting assessment and reflection. Students were able to share their learning and knowledge construction with each other and with teachers and students from other schools. I understand about those benefits. So I think it is important to help students to develop 21st century skill from their young age in this generation. These skills are difficult to teach through traditional teacher centers. Just like what I mentioned before, I learned when I was already a young adult. I think it is too late to learn. I believe that students could definitely understand the textbook but they don't know how to utilize in their daily life. Social media is a useful tool to let students 
build up collaboration, creativity, and communication skills. Got it. Definitely, those are skills necessary to succeed. Uh, at least in the job market in the 21st century. But let's circle back to the issue of formal and informal education and add some more definition. Let's define formal education first as that education that is more structured, that's maybe faculty-driven. And informal education as one that's student-driven, maybe self-initiated, right? Yeah, and I think, you know, the line between the formal and informal learning is no longer clear because... Um, you can learn anywhere and anytime, right? Not only the, the learning not only happened on the campus or on the classroom. So, and also the student-driven and self-initiate is a learning trend. This is a significant change in the education educational method. Um, I don't know if you have the, this feeling, so, but me as a student, the independent learning makes me feel that I am the leader in the process of the learning. I'm no longer received the uh, the information, but active acquire information. So in this process, myself, management ability, the exploration, the collaboration, and also the communication was the ability was improved. And I know uh, both of you are educators. Mm. So have you used any of social media to support teaching in your previous teaching experience? I have never used Twitter, no matter as a student or as a teacher because Twitter is not a really popular platform in my country, especially for younger students, no matter it is for education purpose or entertainment. We tend to use Facebook or Instagram more. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, actually, using Twitter as an individual was the first time that I did was in this class here. Uh, I am from Brazil, and as a teenager, I never use it, so I guess because I wasn't use it, to it in my daily uh, social activity, I never implemented as a teacher in the United States. Not just you, Grisela. Actually, for the American teen- teenagers, the most important social media they used is not Twitter. So I have read a report from the Pew Research Center called Teens, Social Media and Technology 2018 um, by Anderson and Zhang. Um, the report shows that the Snapchat and YouTube are the most commonly used social media among the American teens. And only 3% of the teens said that they used Twitter most often. Mm. So I'm curious, so what kind of social media that you use most? Well, I actually do use LinkedIn very frequently. As I said before, I teach classes that are related to business and finance. And uh, LinkedIn allows my students to do research on specific topics. And it's more used in the business community than Twitter. Uh, I agree with the framework presented by actually Conley and Malcolm. 2003, where they define purpose, that purpose might define social media usage. So for example, I perceive Instagram as more a connecting and communication platform, and maybe Facebook are, are, is more content oriented. Yeah, you know, Instagram is the platform I use the most, and I prefer to use it as an entertaining way to share my experiences and images with friends. I already know and sometimes talk to the friends. So I, I agree with the idea that the purpose defines the usage. Um, for Twitter, it is more of the educational purpose with perhaps some professional connections. 
And I know a lot of us are new to Twitter in this class.、Mm. And in Tang and Hughes, the using Twitter for education a benefit or a waste of time. They point to how to use Twitter in teaching and the impact of Twitter on students and teachers.、Um, this article mentions using Twitter in teaching, including capturing the resources, presenting the ideas, communication, collaboration, and、um, organized teaching and reflection and assessment. Twitter increased learners' social interaction with instructors, their peers, and teaching content and interface. So, in the interacting with the with their peers, Twitter provides an active scaffolding for students to learn from each other. And some studies have shown the potential advantages of Twitter in improving students' learning. But at the same time, we must realize that the use of the social media can lead to the the work overload for both teachers and students. And also have the privacy issues, the the length, and also the length of the tweets make it difficult to achieve the in-depth discussion and the possible distraction in the in the process of using it. So, since we are using Twitter in this class in this course,、hmm. so we have to tweet every week. So, what do you think of the Twitter experience? Yes, that's an interesting point. Let me just address first that I actually use all the social medias constantly. My job at the Innovation Center already requires me to keep a constant activity on Facebook and LinkedIn, and posting three times a week. And posting actually requires, in a professional setting, requires a lot of dedication to create and format the content. So. Adding Twitter on top of that, it's it's time confusing, consuming. Therefore, the only reason, right, that I am using Twitter is for the class. But、yeah. I really do find it very interesting.、Mm-hmm. It's interesting to find subjects that are related to the class and connect with my colleagues on social media. And now that our classes are online and asynchronous, it's really more important to create that sense of community, right? Yeah, you're right. But、uh, again, often, often, oftentimes it can be overwhelming、uh, when tweets aren't sourced. It's difficult to fact check.、Um, however, Twitter threads are very useful to be able to see a variety of comments and opinions related to one tweet. Generally, I will look up on hashtags and check both on recent and top tabs to see the most relevant tweets of for that day or for that week. But Twitter can be difficult because a lot of people, especially Generation Z and teenagers, they use memes and other forms of expressions that they aren't as easy to understand without context. Yeah, maybe that is the that is the word they want to use to escape what we are thinking. Maybe some parents will look for their Twitter account and want to see what they are talking, and they use memes and maybe some words that、uh, the adults cannot. Uh, cannot know, so maybe that is the reason why they use it. Absolutely, and yeah, and I think、um, I agree with you that sometimes using Twitter is a little overwhelming. You know, you need to have follow a lot of people, and every minute, every second, have lot of people tweets, and you will receive a lot of message. That's really overwhelming.、Um, but I have a different opinion from you. So as for me, I think the use of Twitter in this course. Has increased my chance of learning and communication. So you know, I'm I am an international student. I don't have many friends in America. So Twitter provides a 
platform for me to communicate with others. And an interest-driven platform, as mentioned in the TED Talk that you shared, I can, I can communicate with people who share the same interest with me, and I can see how people discuss these educational topics, which is really help me to understand the educational concept because it's really uh, unfamiliar for, to me. And now uh, I use it to keep up with some political news, um, but it doesn't. It really takes a lot of time to browsing this passage and reply to others. Yeah, there's pros and cons. <laughs> yeah, Twitter can be very interesting when using it in the class because sometimes peers may share some fun tweets with us, but it is time consuming to read it all. I think. So, do you have any opinions on teachers' use of Twitter in the class? Um, what surprised me most is that teacher can assess students using Twitter, and I I didn't realize that Twitter can be used for evaluation, except getting information, communication, and present ideas. I think it is cool because some students feel anxious about traditional assessment, but when teacher use Twitter to do the evaluations, it can reduce their pressure. And teachers can assess students' understanding of knowledge by looking at their tweets and reflections on the certain knowledge, or use Twitter to ask students share their most confusing point and important point like that. When students use hashtags on Twitter to discuss their professional issues, they sometimes get response from people outside the classroom, and the hashtag allows for a much broader discussion. Yeah, so after we talk about this, I'm thinking about this podcast, "Leading the Line," by Megan Mellon. She mentions that、uh, she used a blog in the class. She thinks students can be more creative in this activity and also has good impacts on them. And based on the NYS K twelve Computer Science and Digital Fluency Learning Standards, as an Educator, we need to teach students about their privacy and also teachers' privacy. From the standard, students could list the pros and cons of sharing pictures and information about their activities on social media. And speaking to the privacy, the park has also mentioned that students interact with trained teachers on social media. Do you mind if students have your personal account? Um. I don't know, but I,、uh, when I was working as a tutor for a middle school student,、uh, I gave her my WeChat account, which is a very popular social media platform in China. So then, after she saw the, the photos of me going to Russia and South Korea, she told me that she had never left Yantai, which is my city, and she want to travel, but her parents want her have more time to study. And then I told this to her parents, and I communicated with them many times. But because I thought this student need to broaden her eyes through the traveling, and later her parents took her to South Korea, and then she told me, um, she want to learn the foreign language, you know, because she want to communicate with people from the different countries. So I think. It is amazing, you know. Yeah. I I didn't think the the picture that I posted will give her those ideas. So I guess maybe it is not the best thing for a student to have a connection with me outside the classroom. But to be honest, I I don't know if I have many students following my private account. I might feel like I'm I'm still working, you know. You you know on the weekends or the holidays, a large number of message from the students may be overwhelmed, you know. 
Yeah, I don't like this situation either. I just want to relax on weekends. Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to receive any notification from my students. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So this is our podcast today. Hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.